tonight, uh, I'm going to talk to you. I, I wanted to call it, I'll just be honest with you guys, I want to call it uh, tonight's message, Hugging Vampires. You know, people that suck the life out of you. <laughs> you ever, uh, but I decided not to because, uh, you know, pastor might kill me and then, you know, I, I like it here. Uh, so I decided not to do that. So we're going to just talk, we're going to talk about how to deal with critical and negative people. How to deal and how to properly deal with critical and negative people. The first time, uh, when I, when my first job as a youth pastor, I think I was 19 or 20, something like that. I made a ton of mistakes. I still make mistakes today. Uh, tons of mistakes, but at that point was making all kinds of mistakes. And the pastor was gone, uh, for one Sunday and he asked me to speak on a Sunday morning. And I was, I was excited. I had prepped. I studied. I, I done every, I prayed. I probably fasted like every second of that. You know, it's just one of those moments where I was nervous, but at the same time, I was ready to do whatever I, you know, God had called me to do. And I got up there and I preached this message and I felt like it was a pretty decent message. You know, it wasn't great, you know, <laughs> you know, as to be honest, it was all right, <laughs> but I thought it was okay at least. And, uh, uh, I, you know, people that day got saved and, and God showed up and there was this great, uh, just this great moment in the service. And this lady comes up to me at the end of the service and, uh, you know, she, she comes up to me and I'm thinking, man. Uh, she's going to come give me a pat on the back. She's going to say, man, this has changed my life. God did this. God did that. No, 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 no. She didn't say anything like that. Boy, it was the exact opposite. She came up to me and, uh, you know, it's one of those uh, critical people. You you guys know what I'm talking about, right? You know, you, you chop them down, but then the enemy brings like six more. Uh, so you just leave them alone. <laughs> you guys are looking at each other right now. That's not funny. It's a, all right, so, but the, the critical type person, she comes up to me and she says, you know, today was not very good. And that's how she said, I'm 19 years old. I, I'm maybe 20. I'm like right there at that age. And I'm like, oh, you know, and she's like, today's not very good. She said, there's a few things. You're way too passionate. And I am a very passionate person. Uh, she said, you're way too passionate. And she said, you're way too loud. I'm very loud at times. I don't apologize for it too much. Uh, and, and she, she like went through this whole process of, of everything that was wrong with the message, everything that was wrong with me. And she said, you know, I, I, it's unfortunate. And this is true story. I am being completely honest right now. She says it's unfortunate that you have chosen the, and I guess the profession, I've never really considered it a profession, uh, but consider it, she said you've chosen this profession of being a preacher. That's what was said. And, and she, <laughs> I'm 20 years old, man. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, man, what in the world? Like I'm at that moment, everything that had happened, you guys know what I'm talking about. Everything that good, that was good that day totally went out the window. I couldn't remember anything that happened. I couldn't remember the two people that came down to the front and got saved at that moment. I couldn't remember that people were shouting that God was doing his work in that moment. I couldn't remember any of that stuff because of that situation I went through at that moment. And there's this problem with criticism. And one of the things is, is that a lot of people, they're, they're more like critics instead of the coaches. And so there's this difference in that because a, a coaching, coaching in this moment is more of a helpful process. 
It's more of a, you know, you're lifting somebody up. You're trying to get somebody better. You're trying to make them better, but it's in a, it's in, it's in a, a different manner, different style. It, there's an improvement that takes place. When it comes to criticism, it's more of destructive, belittling, nagging, you know, that whole thing. And so some of you guys tonight are thinking, thank God in heaven. I'm, I'm hoping that my spouse hears this tonight. I'm hoping that, and I'm hoping that this person hears this tonight. I'm going to send the link to this message to everybody that's in my circle. The problem is right there in that thought process. Because sometimes the most difficult uh, realization is, is that sometimes we're the worst critics. And so sometimes it's hard to see ourselves. So it's hard to see a critic in the mirror. And so uh, we hate when others criticize us. And, and that's the truth. Uh, but when they, when somebody else or something else, sometimes there's a justification feeling. There's all kinds of different things like that in that moment that happens. Um, in Galatians 5 is where we're going to land. And I'm going to come back to that story in just a second. You guys are going to hear kind of how, how, how it changed up a little bit. In Galatians 5, verses 14 through 15, I'm going to read a lot of scripture tonight. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle them off. They're going to be up here on the screen. Um, and so you guys can just write them down as you go, study them as, you know, tonight or tomorrow, and we'll kind of talk through it. <laughs> but it says this, for the whole law can be summed up in one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But it, did you guys see that? I, I stopped on that one. But the, uh, it says, for the whole law can be summed up in one command, one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. What if your mouth, and this is where me and Pastor Josh got lined up just a second ago, but what if your mouth is actually stopping the intimacy between you and your spouse? What if your mouth, what if what you're saying, what you're, what you're speaking out is creating the walls between you and your family or between you and your kids, you and your relatives? What if your mouth is causing most of the problems? What if your mouth is causing damage? It's, it's this damage to your witness, your ability to witness. What if it's causing a distance between your friends? What if your mouth, what you say? You see in Proverbs 12, and Proverbs is absolutely my favorite. I, I love Proverbs. And it says this, it says, Some people make cutting remarks. But the words of the wise bring healing. Bring healing. In Ephesians 4, it says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So he goes through, all throughout scripture, the Lord talks about what comes out of this right here. What comes out of your mouth, what you say. Because you have no idea how much criticism can hurt someone's heart. You also don't have an idea of how much God can use one single word of encouragement to bring healing and restoration. So here's what happens in that story. I go home and I'm, I haven't even, I'm not saying anything. I'm in the, I'm bummed out. My pastor, I talked to him and he just kind of like, he was kind of a, he was distanced. He was, you know, he was a great guy, loved him, but he wasn't like a mentor in my life. He didn't really like, you know, it was more of a, uh, you know, he, I worked for him, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So there was like a little bit of a distance. And so um, I was, it was like, man, I was trying to find, uh, I was trying to find somebody to talk to. And I, and I called a mentor that I had. And I, and I talked to him for a few minutes. And I, I said, man, this happened and this happened. And he said, I tell you what, Josh, he said, 
I want you, we had cassette tapes at that, that you know, back then. Yeah, little ones don't even know what that is. We had cassette tapes. He said, I want you to actually send me the sermon. Because I couldn't send him a link or anything like that. So I had to send him the cassette tape. And a few days later, he calls me back. And you know what he did? This was what was crazy. He had, he, he called me. He said, Josh, he said, I want to talk to you about your message. And he said, let me coach you for a second. Oh, oh man, I, I don't know if I can take much more of this coaching stuff. Cause I don't know. And he said, this is what I want you to know. He said, your passion is contagious. He said, don't let anybody stop it. He said, and he, but here's what was crazy. He's, he went through a couple of things with the text. He said, word it this way next time. Go this way the next time. He said, but your passion's contagious. He said, people are connected. And see what happens in that moment. At that moment, that lady that spoke to me and spoke that stuff over me, that those words over me, she was more of a life taker. But see, my pastor at that moment, mentor came, became a life giver. And so you have a decision in your life, in your walk, to either be somebody that's a life taker or you're somebody that's a life giver. She was uh, killing. She was like, she came up and she destroyed confidence. You get what I'm saying? But I've decided in my life to be a confidence builder with the people I come around. And so something, unfortunately, that all of us are going to face at some point in our lives is going to be critical, negative people. And how many of you guys have someone in your life you have someone in your life that has this spiritual gift. It's, a, it's absolutely a spiritual gift of, of finding, you know, figuring out every fault you've ever had in your life. They, their greatest spiritual gift is, is, is fault finding. They can tell you, man, they can tell you everything negative. They can, you ask them, you, you say, give me 25 things negative about this, and they can spit them out just like that. All right, give me five things positive about this. Well, uh, 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 uh. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's some, and when we're surrounded right now with social media, you can't look at Facebook without seeing something negative, fighting Christians. There's no anger that's stranger to me than angry Christians. Does that not, that, that is strange, that's just strange to me that when you look on the news or you look in media, we're surrounded, we're surrounded by all this critical, negative, stuff being spoken over our lives and some of you guys go to work and your boss your boss maybe maybe he's a or maybe he or she is a micromanager or maybe they they hold a tight leash and they don't they don't ever say anything to you except when you do something wrong there's criticalness or maybe you're you're in that circle where you're uh you know your parents or whatever are still trying to teach tell you that how are you raising your kids how are you spending your money why are you going to this church why are you doing that why are you talking to them like that why are you doing this or your spouse is that person where you're making jokes about each other's weight. You're saying you're saying things to each other that are hurtful. You're you're harming each other. You're speaking things out of your mouth. How they how they act, how they walk, how they breathe, how they wear the same shirt over and over. All these different things. Think about it for a second. What comes out of our mouth is so important. It's so important. And and think about this. Let me hit this for a second. Our church, Calvary Assembly, is an easy target for criticism. You to hear me. That's a strong statement. You know why? It's because we're doing something. 
All right, here's the thing. You have a target on your back when you're streaming. You got thousands of people coming. You got, you, there's going to be people that don't like the worship. They love the worship. They don't like this. They wish pastor would preach this. They wish he would do this and do that and do that. Guess what it does? It makes us an easy target for criticism. And and at, at the end, I don't like this. I don't like that they're, they flow in the you know, gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't like that they want this. I don't like that they want that. It's an easy target when you're actually doing something. To avoid criticism, this is what Aristotle said. He said, to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. If you want to go through this life and you don't want to critis- be criticized at all, I would just I would just go hibernate somewhere. Go find somewhere else to go. But if you're going to go through this life and you're going to do something, you're going to be, you know, if you want to make a difference, if you want to do that, guess what? You're going to have moments of criticism. And some of us were even thinking about as that quote was up there, we're criticizing that quote, trying to figure out what's wrong with that. <laughs> but if you're going to follow Jesus, if you follow Jesus, guess what? You're going to go through criticism. So how do I respond when people criticize me? That's the most important thing. I'm going to give you guys a few things, but how do I respond when people criticize me? The first thing, first step that I would challenge you with is when you're face-to-face with people criticizing or negative people speaking over you, saying things over you, whatever it is, it is not always necessary to respond. You don't have to say a word. Think about this. Just because someone criticizes you or says something about you or has or throws up hate against you, I don't even, this generation has all kinds of different terms. It doesn't, it doesn't obligate you to respond to that nonsense. You don't have to respond. The, the best example in 1 Peter 2.23 is Jesus. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Peter is describing Jesus as a, you know, he's this friend of sinner. Think about this. Jesus did everything right, perfect, perfection. And guess what? He was criticized. He didn't retaliate. He didn't defend. He didn't complain. In those moments, he trusted God and not himself. The Bible says in Proverbs 19, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Overlooking offense. Overlooking an offense is not the same as pretending it didn't happen. You see, the offense happened. The issue, the situation happened. What it's saying right there is I have made a conscious decision in my mind to let it go. It's, 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 uh, honestly, it's like forgiving in real time. It's like going, it's, it's, I made this conscious decision that I'm going to let this thing go. And I'm going to walk away from this moment. And so sometimes you got to think about this. Sometimes in life, you have the choice to respond. And the best response for most of us in this room, 98, 97, 95% of the time is just, and then throw away the key. You know what I'm saying? No, I remember times in my life where I've been hurt deeply. And everybody can, everybody, I mean, everybody goes through that, right? We've all been Victims of this, where you've been hurt deeply. I remember one time in my life, and I'm not going to go into, I won't go into a ton of details, but we're in a, we're, it, it was crazy to think that 
that people would post things and say things that like, oh my goodness. Can you, and then on the inside of me, I'm thinking, I want to defend myself. I didn't do, that's not what happened. That is not what happened. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And then my, and I'm like, I'm walking, I'm pacing, I'm doing this stuff. And then I don't know if you guys are like me, but I like, I type out something about 10 times and get ready to, and I'd be like, nah. And then the Holy Spirit would come over me. The Holy Spirit would say, no, walk away. There are moments in our lives where we need to choose to rise above. You don't have to reply. Your role is to obey God and not to answer critics. You don't have to worry about the critics. You obey God in those moments. So obviously, we don't have to respond. We don't always have to respond when we're being criticized or dealing with negative people. The next thing is this, is when you're face-to-face with somebody that's that's giving you grief, that's, that you're going through this negative situation. When you respond, you must respond with wisdom. With wisdom. You don't react. I'm the king of that. Anybody else, like... Boom! Reaction. You know, before I even thought about it. I, I wouldn't say hot head, but there was a time where it was kind of like that. But I'm not near like that anymore. But, like, don't react. You respond. Respond is different from reaction. Respond means I've taken a little bit of time. I've sat down. I've thought about it. And I've made a wise, conscious decision. I've prayed about it. I've listened to God about it. And I've made a decision that I'm going to respond this way, not react this way, based on what my emotions are telling me at the moment. Because your emotions will lie to you. Your emotions are up and down. And they go side to side. They're all over the place. If we... If we base our lives on emotions, we'll be messed up. It'll be all over the place. We have to base it on the Holy Spirit and what he's wanting to say in and through us. You know, in Judges 8, I think the, this is one of the best pictures of this moment, is that when you respond, you respond with wisdom. It, it, there was this uh, a group of men that asked Gideon. They said, why have you treated us like this? In verse 1. It says, why didn't you call us when you went to fight Midian? And they challenged him vigorously, but he answered them. Here's what happened. These guys criticized him. They came at him. They didn't know the whole story when they criticized him. They didn't know what was going on. Listen, they didn't understand the whole situation. They didn't understand that there was more to the moment than what they had seen with their own eyes. And so what Gideon did, he explained what he had done. He explained the harvest. He explained the grapes. He explained that God had done a great thing. And here's what happens in verse 3. It says, when the men of Ephraim heard Gideon's answer, their anger subsided. Their anger went away. It stopped. You see, you have the opportunity when you respond in wisdom in a situation to stop the noise. To stop the noise that's coming at you. And so... There was this moment where he offers this explanation, and it made sense, and the guys totally shifted the way that they came at him from that moment by the reason being is that he took time to answer them and didn't belittle them, didn't talk down to them, didn't say, why are you asking me that? I deserve, no, I am giddy, I am this guy. Do you know who I am? No. He responded them, responded to them with wisdom. And so when something like this happens, say, when a friend or a person unleashes at you for no reason, a coworker picks you apart, uh, you're, you're, you know, for some of the young guys, your parents are writing you about school or something, something's going on in your life. There's things happening all around you. My greatest advice for you is wait before you respond. Wait before you respond. 
when emotions are high, wisdom is low. When emotions are high, wisdom is extremely low. And so it's like what I was telling you. It's like, you know, I made a covenant with our staff team from Elevate back in the day. You know what we would do? Um, I, I told them this. I said, guys, if we're ever having a disagreement, because when you're a family, you have disagreements from time to time. It's okay. It's okay. You just, you fight nice. <laughs> you fight fair. <laughs> you know, that's the best way that I can describe it. Here's what happens. I would tell them, I was like, if we ever have a disagreement, we're not going to text this long page paragraph of text of, and go back and forth over text and emails and all this stuff. I said, no. The worst way, I, I, you know, I'm going to help everybody out, maybe set you free for just a second. The worst way to fight is through text and email, guys. I can't, I can't see your body language. I can't see your heart. I can't see anything about you. So we, there was a covenant that we made. We said we will not, we will not do any type of, of fighting or even uh, come close to that through text or through email. What we would do is I'm going to pick up the phone and give you a call or we're going to schedule a face-to-face meeting and, and we're going to talk this thing out. There's so many of us that press sin way too quick. You press sin before before you've had a chance just to sit and think and talk about it. You know, I put a hashtag up there. Do not hit sin. Do not hit sin. You know, because that's exactly what we want to do when they talk about us or when they lie about us. We want to go to Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is, and we want to push something in and press sin. And, and it, like, somehow... That's fighting our battle. No, that's running from what God has called you to do. The Lord says if somebody has a problem with that person over there, guess what you do? You don't go to Facebook. You don't go to this. You don't go to the other person. You don't go to this person. You go to that person and you deal with it face to face. He's actually, that book is actually full of so much wisdom. So much wisdom. It teaches you how to have proper relationships all throughout. And so remember this, when you're facing criticism, often the criticism really isn't about you. It really isn't. Most angry people are hurting people. Did you hear me? Most angry people are hurting people. I've never, you know, honestly, I, you, you think about it, is behind every angry, behind every angry person, there's hurt. And so our response at that moment is very crucial and very important. It should be compassion. It should be compassion. That's not the easiest thing. It should be compassion at that moment. Because behind every angry person is, guess what? Is there's hurt. And there needs to be a response from the church. The church. Us. Compassion. I'm not going to react. But I'm going to pray and I'm going to respond in wisdom. And so sometimes you don't have to respond. You don't need to respond. And then sometimes when you're when you're responding, you have to respond in wisdom. And so the next thing, when you're faced to, with criticism, this one's the one that I don't like, but it's it's real simple. Occasionally you you listen and you make a change. <laughs> I hate this one <laughs> so much. Occasionally, sometimes our critics are right. Boy, that one's tough right there, man. That one it still hurts. You know, maybe if everybody's telling you that you have an issue, you you might have a problem. You know, maybe if everybody, you know, if if your your spouse who loves you and care and 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 saying, "Hey, you're you're being you're you're yelling too much at the kids, you're doing this too much." 
may, I, listen, sometimes, sometimes, let me, let me just be real. Sometimes that's because you may actually have an issue. I know we're all perfect in here. I know we've never had an issue. But if everyone is telling you, some of the young people in here, they're, they're waiting to date somebody. If everybody's telling you that you're dating Satan, man, I wish they, they would listen to me throughout. You know, when I was a youth pastor. Sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't, you know. But if everybody's telling you that you're dating Satan, Satan, guess what? You're dating Satan. You need to listen. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, giving you scripture. I'm sorry, I'm just throwing them out there. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. That's pretty awesome right there. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. So you're not harming anybody else but yourself when you reject discipline. Uh, there's so many things that we can learn through uh, listening to people, learn, you know, and, and some leadership lessons on parenting, how to be a better husband, wife, just listening. I can't think, I, you know, I, to put it this way, there are times in my life, if, if I haven't taken in, in this year, if I hadn't made a couple of changes in my life, I'm missing some opportunities. If I haven't made some changes in my life, and if I don't have people, there, you know, I have people around me, trust me, they're extremely honest with me. And to the point where, like, God, that hurts, man. Stop. Stop. But they're extremely honest with me. But if I haven't made changes in my life over the last couple of years, and guess what? I'm missing out some opportunities of growth. And I'm becoming stagnant. I'm becoming routine-driven. I'm becoming just normal, going through the motions. And so there are moments in our lives where people are speaking to us in love. And then sometimes they're speaking to us and not in love. But there may be some truth to what they're saying. And so sometimes instead of allowing pride, which is the root of all of this, allowing pride to well up inside of you and say, why are they talking to me? They don't have any right to say that to me. They don't have any right to be talking to me like that. Instead of being like that, say, step back and say, man, there may be something to that. Let me go to the word of God. Let me go to my knees in prayer. Let me go to my prayer closet and take it there for a minute and see if there's something on the inside of me that needs to be changed. That needs to be situated. It needs to be different. The last thing I would challenge you with is when you're dealing with somebody that's negative is always guard your heart. Because if you're not careful, you'll develop a critical spirit in the midst of dealing with all this noise. You'll develop the same spirit that's coming at you if you're not careful. In Proverbs 12, some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Because of our sinful nature, because of who we are or who we've been, we can be overly critical. You know, I used to tell our students in Master's Commission when, when you're, you know, because one of the things that you have to face is when you're praying uh, every day and you're going through, you're, you're doing this Bible study, you can develop this critical spirit. It's almost like a religious spirit because, and I would always tell them, I was like, be careful. When God is like, destroying, pulling the flesh off of you, you'll begin to notice everybody else's. And what you say, what you say is so important in those moments because it can make or break you in your life, what you speak out. You know, so the thing is, is that if you're not careful, you become just like everybody else. You, your boss is an idiot. You're, you, the way they dress or the way they talk or the way they say this or Auburn's coach needs to be fired. I could be doing, I could do it much better. Um, <laughs> I had money, I'd do this. There's all these things. I'm sorry, I just messed up everything right then, didn't I? 
You know, we use statements like, I'm just being honest. I'm just saying. I'm just, I, nobody else is willing to say it, so I'm saying that. I'm just calling it like I see it. And sometimes, guys, that's not, that, that's more of a critical spirit speaking out. Speaking out and taking control of a situation that shouldn't be taken control of. Opinionated. All these different t- things. My, if you, if you want to get real with it, your critical spirit is always born out of pride, ignorance, and hurt. Think about it. Pride, ignorance, and hurt. To overcome a critical spirit. You know, you got, the Bible says, above all things, guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. It's what flows out of it. It's so important. But to overcome a critical spirit, you have to have a deep, grounded, rooted place with Jesus. There's no other way. I, I don't know any other way to describe it except you got to be, you need to be all up in the word. You need to be all up in, you got to be all up in his, in praise and worship, just deep, grounded and rooted in that place in Christ. Because who I am matters more than what they think. Who I am, who you are matters. Nick, come on up. Who I am matters more than what they think. I'm not moved this is one of those things that I decided a long time ago. I'm not, I'm not moved by the praises of, of, of people. I'm not moved by the praises. I'm, I, but I'm also not moved by the criticism from the haters, people that are hating. So I'm not moved by the praises of the fans, the people applauding. But I'm, not, I'm also not moved by the criticism of the haters. I'm not going to let compliments go to my head. You get what I'm saying? But I'm not going to let criticism stick to my heart. And so in Romans 14, 10, it says, so why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we all stand before the judgment seat of God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. So tonight, you know, I say enough negative. Critical, hateful. Man, I, can, you, can you be honest with me? The thing that stopped so many revivals, you look throughout scripture, the children of Israel wandered in the desert because they couldn't shut their mouth. They wandered. They, they had the greatest move of God they, that any nation had seen. They were delivered out of slavery. All of these great things had happened, but they couldn't keep their mouth closed. And it cost them. It cost them wandering for years and years and years for the next generations. So what happens is, is when I don't learn to control my mouth, I don't, a lot of people think it just affects me. But guess what it does? It doesn't just affect me or just you. It affects the generations to come. They, they have to fight the battles that we're not willing to fight and take, you get, the giants that we're not willing to slay, they're going to have to face those suckers. And so my job, my job as a Christian right now is to walk, to walk as a Christian. I will be the one who looks for the good in people and believes for the best. I look for the good. I believe for the best. You know, there's people, it's really easy to be a fault finder. You have to decide real quick, am I going to be the type of person that, that looks around and I can point out, what did I say last Sunday? What do you point out in people? I can tell where you're at in your relationship with God by what you're pointing out. Anybody can be a fault finder. You can find any issue with somebody, a person, whatever. You can find it. The Bible says that the, the enemy is actually the accuser of the brethren. brethren. 
when you think about it. He's actually the accuser. So what's crazy is a lot of people think it makes them look smart, makes them look this or whatever. But really, that's just insecurity speaking, mean-spirited. And so the challenge for all of us is do, do we point out everybody's faults as Christians? Or are we the type of people that's pointing people to hope and pointing out the best, the destiny, the, the things that, that we know that God's going to accomplish through them? You see, when the woman was called in adultery, the Pharisees found every fault. They pointed out every fault. But you know what Jesus did? He, he drew a line in the sand and he, he found, he, he showed her hope. Our job as Christians is to really simply to keep our mouth closed. <laughs> I think Benny Hinn says it best. He says, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. That's a powerful statement. But one of the things, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, be real with you for a minute. The thing that's hurting most Christians, and, and really, it's not really even Christians at this moment. It's most people on this planet that see us fighting and acting foolish. You know what I'm saying? When I see fighting and, and, and Christians acting foolish on Facebook, fighting over ch- churches, fighting over churches, and <laughs> I'm like, what? If I'm, a, if, I'm unsa- if I'm not living for Jesus, why in the world would I even want to come near that? You know what I'm saying? So what I say, how I respond, how I respond to my brother who doesn't agree to me with everything I believe, how I respond with the person that does agree with me with everything is so important. So important. You know, your, your child may not, may not be the most like cleanest kid or whatever, but you need to look and maybe point out the things. Think about this. Yeah, we can always, we can always find the, the issues with them. But maybe the inside of that child, you know that there's compassion. You start speaking, you're so compassionate. There's something about you. You're so thoughtful. There's something there right there. And, and there may be, a, a, you know, your, your, your wife or whatever may not be the most organized. But you point out and you say, that is a great mother. She is a great mom, good mom. And, and, and your husband, man, he, he may try real hard. And you're not going to win like the yard of the year award. But when he gets close, you look at him and say, baby, you're so awesome. You're so fine. I, I am so glad you married you, I'm helping you out, ladies. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know. Isn't that right, Ryan? That's right. That's right. He gave me a thumbs up. So I want everybody to stand up to your feet. We're going to pray. I'm sorry, Pastor, if you're watching. Just went. Just got away from me. The, the, it all started with the Auburn joke. I'm sorry. You know, I made this decision that when... And I think one of our goals, this really should be our goal as a church, as a congregation. When people are around us, we lift people higher. We build people up. And we give people hope. You hear me? Is when people are around us, we lift them up higher. We build them up. And we give them hope. At the end of the day, these things right here, these are lasting the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 11, I close my letter with these words. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace. And then the God of love and peace will be with you. Isn't that good stuff? I didn't answer any questions tonight. The reason being is because I'm scared of it. So I'm going to let, I'll let pastor, 
I'll let Pastor, I'm just, I'll, hey, I'll let Pastor answer him. The other night when he was like answering the questions and I was reading them off to him, he wasn't looking at him. I was like, this guy is incredible. It's like, I just want to get around him even more. It's like, man, he's just answering off and I'm just asking him these questions. He don't know what's coming and he's answering. I'm like, nah. And so I was thinking tonight, nah, I'll just, I'll answer him tonight when I get home and I'll, I'll send you guys texts or whatever. But I want us to pray for each other. And tonight, tonight and tomorrow, you take time and begin to point out the best in the people around you. When you go into your work, man, it may be a tough environment. Man, God, I give you this place. God, I am taking every, you said in your word, man, everywhere I place my foot, you're there. You're all around me. God, I pray that you'd be a shield, a protection for me. It'd be a place of refuge. And I, I tell you, just, just try it and see what God begins to do. When you begin to walk in that, what you speak, you realize that your words have the power of life and death. Your words have authority. And so tonight when you see your kids and they're acting crazy, speak something over them. Shock them for a change. They'll be like, what? <laughs> like normally you're like, ah, and they're like, you you come out with you're so you man, I see God all over you. Anointing everything. Anointing everything. Let's practice it tonight. Let me pray for you guys and, and then after we pray, you you can be dismissed. If you need prayer, as always. We're ready to pray for you. Father, I thank you for tonight, God. I pray that you would just, God, continue to make us more like you. God, in how we talk, how we walk, God, in every action. God, I pray that we would speak out life, God, in every situation. God, that we wouldn't have a critical spirit or a negative spirit. God, but we would have a spirit, God, that's hard after you, God, that follows hard after you. God, that we would love each other and do our best, God, to live in harmony and peace with each other. God, I pray that you would forgive us, God, for where we messed up. Forgive us, God, where we haven't been the light of the world. God, forgive us, God, where we've blown opportunities, God, because we've gotten angry or because we've gotten frustrated. God, I pray that you would forgive us for those things. God, today, God, I ask you, God, to restore, restore everything that was lost. God, I pray to restore joy tonight that you will restore peace. God, I pray that you will restore hope, God, in dreams. God, I thank you, God, for this body of believers. God, and I pray, God, that throughout this week, God, that you would give us opportunities to speak life everywhere we go. God, to speak life in every situation. God, and I give you praise tonight, and I thank you for who you are. In your name I pray, amen, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Well, I went over time. I'm sorry. I love you guys. Once again, if you haven't shot that email to Pastor telling him that everything was amazing this week and, and Sunday, I highly encourage you to do that. That would be awesome. Love you guys so much. I'll be blessed.